my name's Bennett Lunn, and this is the first installment of Cost of Attendance, a podcast series exploring the student loan crisis so that students and their families have access to the resources they need to afford higher education. And I'm here with my friend David Munn-Carsonson. David, why don't you introduce yourself? I'm David. I'm a senior at USC studying English and math. Um, I've been lucky enough to get out of undergrad without any debt, but as I'm planning on attending grad school next year, I figure I should get at least some familiarity with this whole debt crisis before I take out loans myself. Probably a good idea. Uh, I am also a student at the University of South Carolina, also in my senior year. Uh, And through a combination of need-based grants and merit scholarships, both institutional and third party, I've managed to fully fund my undergraduate education uh, with an overage check left over to help with living expenses. And I'm currently working on the somewhat terrifying task of figuring out how to afford law school, which comes with a roughly $300,000 price tag. Uh, And I say all of that to emphasize two things. Uh, The first is that we both understand how frightening a process applying to college and figuring out how to afford it can be, particularly when coming from a lower income background. Um, The second is that there is hope. This process is manageable and doable. It's certainly scary, but every year students all over the country get through it, and you can too. The question is whether you're able to maximize all the opportunities available to you. Uh, And that's where I hope this podcast can help you ask the right questions so that you can successfully navigate this complex time in your life and know what opportunities are out there. I'm here to speak for all of you and ask those questions. As someone with a lot of fear about my future financial situation and not a lot of answers, I'm going to be chiming in whenever there are, you know, numbers that are terrifyingly large or problems that seem insurmountable to get Bennett's take on how this should all go. Right. And our hope is that this podcast will ultimately serve as a guide to those more daunting aspects of financing your higher education and and doing so from a uniquely student perspective as we are both students and we think uh, things are just easier to process when coming from students who have, have shared the same lived experience as you. Now, to start, I think it's important to look at the whole picture before we can find our own place in it. Um, The student debt crisis has come to the forefront as a political issue in the last two years, and I think it's safe to say that most people accept it as an issue that needs to be addressed. So this topic is important um, both from a political standpoint so that you can make educated political choices, um, but also just in your individual lives. For example, both of my parents still owe student debt roughly 30 years after they, they got out of college. And I would very much like to avoid that. (laughs) And I I think that's actually a a great place to start, Um, understanding the debt landscape, if you will. Uh, There are roughly 43 million other Americans, like your parents, who owe a federal student loan. So about how much money is that total? Well, cumulatively, Americans owe $1.5 trillion in federal student loan debt. Uh, with an additional $119 billion in private student loans. A trillion? That's a staggering amount of money. Yeah. And to put this into context, this means that one-sixth of the U.S. population over the age of 18 has a student loan. As a math major, I'm willing to bet that you might have a better way to conceptualize that. 
So we all accept that a billion is a huge number. A billion seconds takes you all the way back to the 1980s. Good lord. A trillion seconds, however, takes you back quite literally to the dawn of humanity. I think it's somewhere in 30,000 BCE. So, you know, before possibly language. I think our debt's going to take us back to the dawn of humanity. <laughs> now, these, these large numbers can be, frankly, terrifying. Uh, but typically, they, they do tell a more nuanced story. Uh, for example, this debt is often good debt. And what I mean by that is that it allows students to ultimately make far more money than they will have spent. After all, two in three graduating seniors had student loans in 2018 with an average debt of only $29,200, which really isn't that much debt when you consider how much greater lifetime earnings can be with a college degree. Still, it's important to keep in mind that the debt a student takes out and their ability to pay it is impacted by a whole host of variables. What variables specifically? Well, the amount of debt uh, taken out can vary based on a whole lot of factors, uh, such as demographic, type of school attended, uh, and the location of that school. One easy example is just the state uh, in which you attend at your college. Uh, average debt per state varies depending on the state which you intend, with 21 states having an average debt higher than $30,000. Uh, as I said, these numbers also tell us different things when broken down by demographics or socioeconomic status. That's an interesting point you raise. I'm kind of wondering how much does like things like parents' level of education or race affect all of this? Well, they, they can have huge impacts. Uh, minority communities and first-generation students default on loans at a significantly higher rate than white communities. Um, and, and as I said, when I say first generation, that's students who don't have a parent that have attended college before, and that, that really can exacerbate things. For example, uh, first generation bachelor's degree recipients were more than twice as likely to default than students whose parents had attended college, uh, about 10% versus 4%. More than one in five black bachelor's degree recipients defaulted within 12 years of entering college, which is a much higher rate than their white counterparts at only 3%. Wow. And Hispanic or Latino students uh, defaulted in, at a rate of about 8% compared to their peers. Now, bachelor's degrees recipients who received Pell Grants, most of whom had family incomes of $40,000 or less, were more than five times as likely to default within 12 years as their higher income peers. Which means people from low income backgrounds are, are at a significant disadvantage. Now, three in 10 of bachelor's degree recipients who started at for-profit colleges defaulted on their federal student loans within 12 years of entering college, seven times the rate of those who started at public colleges, and six times the rate of those who started at nonprofit colleges. Well, I don't fall into any of those categories, so that's pretty good news for me, I guess. Still, it's pretty horrifying for the nation as a whole. Well, that's, that's just it. The really concerning thing about this is that we don't know how it will impact individuals or the economy long term. Uh, we know that it's likely not good. I could have told you that. Either for the national economy or for individuals' lives. Now, there's some evidence released by the Federal Reserve that suggests that individuals with student loan debt are less likely to buy homes and more likely to delay investments on big-ticket purchases. Uh, in fact, a 2014 study from the U.S. General uh, Accountability Office found that a larger percentage of Americans 65 and older carry student debt uh, than ever before. 
For this age group, the total loan debt was at around $18.2 billion in 2013, and I can almost guarantee that number has only gone up. Well, it almost has to just keep going up, right? That is the nature of this. Uh, There are theories that student loan borrowers are more likely to live with their parents after graduation, to have a low credit score, to delay getting married and starting a family. And that doesn't even begin to speak to the chilling effect that this debt can have on prospective students. It's hard to gauge how many students are discouraged from attending college in the first place because of the price tag. And it's even more difficult to get a sense of the economic productivity lost because people are dissuaded from attending college. The long-term economic impacts of these, of these facts is difficult to discern. Uh, the one thing we absolutely know for certain is that defaulting on student loan debt can have massive impacts on an individual's life because it's the only debt that you can't absolve through bankruptcy. And that means when a lot of borrowers do so in mass, it could be shocking to the national economy. Given that the Brookings Institute recently estimated that nearly 40% of borrowers may default in their student loans by 2023, the state of higher education financing in America can seem pretty dismal. Dismal? That seems like an understatement. Basically what you're telling me is that taking out student debt really messes with individuals' lives, messes with the economy as a whole, and is probably going to explode in our face pretty soon? What's the solution? Should we just stop going to college? Well, I, I think you're generally right uh, about your assessment of the situation. I don't think people should just stop going to college. Uh, and that's actually what I hope we can address in this podcast. Uh, one of the things I want to do is look at the policy options on the table to address these issues because there are a lot of them out there. There's a lot of really good ideas about what we can do, but each one of them is very nuanced and difficult to understand. Uh, More importantly, on the individual level, I wanna help students figure out how to realize their higher education goals. You're right that it can be difficult and it can put you in a a tough spot after you've graduated. Um, But even with all of that aggregate doom and gloom, as I said before, there is such thing as good debt. Are you sure? What is good debt? Well, well, good debt is just the term that we give to debt that allows people to basically increase their own value over time, right? So over time with education, um, a a person who has attended college is going to have higher lifetime uh, earnings. So good debt is basically just debt that's going to make you more money later? Yes, pretty much. And like I said before, that's not guaranteed to be the case for everybody. And obviously, potential earnings are impacted by things like major and the general economic outlook, which I expect you're familiar with being an English major. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) But generally, the value of a bachelor's degree has consistently gone up over the years. Uh, In 1999, a bachelor's degree holders' lifetime earnings were roughly 75% more than for individuals with just a high school diploma. This puts the lifetime value of a bachelor's degree at close to $2.8 million. Really? Yep. And this is looking at the value of higher education in purely economic terms. It doesn't speak at all to the very real benefits of college that are less tangible and less talked about. Like, you know, actually learning, the reason we're here, 
improving socialization, developing tolerance, empathy, and more analytical and abstract thinking. From either perspective, the cost of college is clearly worth it. But that doesn't mean that you should be willing to pay any price, and it doesn't mean that it's worth it for everyone. Now, I think that's our time, uh, but in the coming episodes, I hope to explore how you can get that price as low as possible, um, the history of the federal student loan program, some of the reasons why we're in this debt crisis, as well as some of the federal policies that have been suggested in the past few years from both sides of the aisle and how they might impact you and your family before hopefully moving on to discuss the more nitty-gritty details about how you can afford college as an individual student. Well, this has been interesting. I hope to return and hear some of that stuff. All right. Looking forward to next time. <laughs>